Happy the Ogre Booth, guys. I am your host, Jay Shrek, and this is the show where I don't have to wear any pants. I am, but really, I don't have to. And I really don't have to wear anything for all that really matters, though. But let's let's branch away from that, because in today's episode, I wanted to start off with saying that just in general, I'm going to stop like putting the episode number, season, and everything within the title, because... I think that we all know that just in general of what I was talking about with my last week's episode, uh, just trying to uh, make the episodes just feel more binge-worthy to listen to and everything and all that. So I'm going to branch away from having that within the title. I'm still within my host site anchor that I will be t- uh, specifically marking because I can mark just within other details and everything like episode number and season and stuff so I'll be doing that more or less Uh, I feel like that might be part of the reason why my episodes aren't standing out to people because it's saying like oh I need to start all the way back here and everything but really you don't you can start wherever you want you can listen wherever so let's get kind of like dive into and do kind of like what I was doing in my other episodes. A quick uh, recap of what I'm going to be covering throughout this episode. Uh, So you guys just know I'm going to have it broken up into three main parts to talk about three different things. Mainly I want to I'm going to be talking about a new game that I've been uh, playing that I ended up getting from my Switch. It's a pretty fun one so I'll get into that soon. And like in the previous episode, I was talking about Rocco's Modern Life, the Static Cling special, and that I would be talking about uh, Invader Zim, the Invader Zim special, Enter the Forpus, uh, because that is now available. If you have not watched that yet, uh, I suggest that you go watch it, especially if you are a fan of those old, older Nickelodeon cartoons, and if you were a fan of the original show to begin with. But... And then I'm going to end off the episode with a pretty big part. Uh, Just talking about some albums that I may not have mentioned or talked about anywhere. Like on my my YouTube channel or even anything anywhere to anyone in any of these types of things. I may have mentioned maybe some a little bit on like my Twitter account or like on Facebook or something. But... Other than that, I have not been super vocal, vocally, uh, about, I have not been, uh, vocally critical or anything about any of these albums. And I really wanted to talk about some of these albums, especially since some are older, some are, uh, well, a couple are older, on the older side, not, not su- super old, all within, uh, the 2019, so... Don't worry, it's not going to be like way back like 2017 or any further or anything. They're still pretty recent and some of those artists you may not have heard of. So we'll see how things go when we get there. So I wanted to start off with the new Switch game that I got. It's uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. It's a little game that, you know, maybe not everybody has heard of, you know, but at the same time a lot of people probably have. Because it's just one of those uh, games that was pretty highly anticipated. And I wasn't really like super like hyped or 
really into the game at first uh, about trying to get into it and I don't know I've never played a fire fire emblem game before so it was just kind of different I wasn't sure what to expect I wasn't sure what if I really wanted to play it or not but at the same time it was interesting and it was in, intriguing I like the general concept of the original fire emblem games with the whole battle system and all that just the whole strategy and everything behind it. It's very similar to that of uh, one strategy game that I that I do have and that I've been playing on my Switch, which is the Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle, which honestly is a great underrated game. Uh, it was definitely overlooked just because Rabbids were in it. Rabbids are like the minions of like video games. It just... It, People just, you either love them or you hated them type of thing. And just a lot of people did, don't, when they see rabbits, they're just like, ugh, these things again. So, like, I under, understand that why people probably overlooked the game to begin with. But either way, I'm not talking about that game right now. But either way, Fire Emblem Three Houses, like, I knew that part. And plus, I knew heard a little bit about the history through uh, the Nintendo Directs and other people and everything and I like I said I wasn't sure if I wanted to even grab the game or even try it out or not but I kept hearing so many good things about it and you know and it got to a point where I was pretty much convinced that okay I need to get this game as soon as I can I need to get my hands on it try it and now I've tried it and I'm ready to talk about how I feel about the game. So, honestly, I love the game so far. Like, I haven't beaten it yet. I've been working a lot. I've been doing a lot of other things. I One of those things being trying to reread the Harry Potter book series, which uh, by the time I finish the series, I'll probably do an analysis of... My thoughts about the series uh, and in the books compared to movies and just my thoughts and feelings and all that type of stuff. So expect that later down the line in an episode. So that that will I think that should be a fun topic. But uh, either way, that was uh, that's been a bit, bit of a distraction from fire fire yeah from fire emblem three houses, and it's just been. Like I said, it, it's been a lot of fun. It's been very interesting. I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't sure how I would feel about the game. And honestly, it feels like I'm living in anime version of Harry Potter, actually, of sorts. Because it's a school that these, uh, like, warrior students are at and everything. And they're being trained to go into, like, battle and stuff. And... It's just, uh, it's just a very intriguing concept to begin with. And your character that you are in there and all that is like the teacher and everything. So you actually are teaching these students, trying to uh, like train them, uh, equip them with the right uh, skills, equipment and everything. So you do better when you do go into battle, which are primarily, primarily on the weekends and everything. 
which is very unique. And I really like to explore just the grounds and everything of the school. So it's 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 a very cool game. It's it in ways it's kind of open world, but at the same time not really, uh, because it's open world within like walls and everything. And there's quite a, there's quite an extensive uh, area to explore so it's it it is a lot of fun there's a lot of fun to have just uh making the relationships that you have with the students the other teachers and everything throughout the school and just and the story itself is just in my opinion very well done from what i've experienced so far uh and it's it's just very unique. I love the artistic style. The artistic style reminds me of, like, I mean, like, when you're actually playing, it reminds me a lot of a combination between, like, the original artistic style and everything of sorts of the Fire Emblem games mixed with that uh, same, what's the word I'm looking for? The same, uh, hmm. Uh, for you know what I mean the same look and everything and design that was used for Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild so it it feels like a nice smooth game and it's it does play very well it's it's a very fun game so if you're into those more strategic type games I want a little bit of like a Harry Potter like mixture within there a little bit with just trying with trying to develop relationships with the different people within the game and everything because every decision that you make really determines and cha can change a lot of what's going to happen at the end of the day, end of the week or even at the end of the game. I feel like there's definitely plenty of different outcomes and everything, especially since you actually have to choose like a house that you're uh, pretty much allied with throughout the whole game like you can still talk to everybody throughout all the different houses the other two houses and everything but once you choose your house you're pretty much within that house throughout the whole game so like you're go you're gonna want to like uh, bond and make your friendships and everything with the people within your house uh, a lot more so than trying to do so with any with the other house characters so it like I said it's a lot a lot of fun so if you have not yet grabbed the game and you're interested in trying it out just why not just try it out especially if you have the money for the game and which was one of the main issues for me at the time and I at the and then I did end up having some money and I'm like you know what I have a little bit of extra money to spare I just won't go out and uh, buy as much uh, unnecessary food and stuff like that so I can get the game which is what I did so yeah that but Fire Emblem Three Houses good game uh, from what I've pl played of it so far I'd give it a solid eight and a half out of ten so. That, that is a lot, a lot of fun. So now after that topic, I'd say it's time to talk about that 
Netflix special for Invader Zim Enter the Forpus. Now, just about Invader Zim in general, my history with Invader Zim, it's just, honestly, I didn't used to care or have any interest in watching the show, even back when it was on. Um, it, it just never felt like my type of show because it had like a weird-ass creepy style of sorts to it that I've never been drawn to, uh, which is probably one of the reasons why I don't care for a lot of Tim Burton's works and stuff. Don't get me wrong, I, I'm not saying that he's not talented and that his movies aren't good because there is a crowd for those movies. But uh, either way, just it, it just never appealed to me and I never really cared for a lot of that style and I really got got that vibe from Invaderism to begin with and I just I don't know it just was very off-putting to me and just recently within the past few months my friends uh were my two of my main friends who I've had on the show before I've talked talked with them that was both Dan and Dan and Marie so uh but uh, uh they they were telling me that it's a show that I should check out so I went into some little maneuvering a little bit so I could watch some watch some episodes, see what I think, see if it was any good. And honestly, it still has like that ask style sorts that I still don't care for all that much, like I thought. But at the same time, the just the comedy and everything that that's played throughout, it's 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 edgy and it's pretty interesting and cool at the same time which is just kind of intriguing to me and makes me keep wanting to come back so when i heard when i found out that this special is coming it's just like you know what it's an old show i want to check this out see what it's like and of course it's the the special is just as good as like the original show is to begin with just as weird just as creepy just as goofy uh with all the whole uh dib being uh zim's arch nemesis which is just kind of ridiculous to begin with just like i understand it dib is just always on top of zim about just him being an alien and no one believing him and just the whole idea is far-fetched crazy but it's it's good stuff it's it provides with good humor especially where the special starts off with did being like stuck to his chair and everything and the joke that he is a chair it's it's funny it's weird we get the whole florpus thing which is like a big like black hole type of thing of sorts and it's uh, and in in the special it's kind of cool and funny just how zim almost actually succeeds which i was actually rooting for him to just succeed and actually finally prove himself but yeah it's it's just the formula kind of like the whole uh you want like the whole Phineas and ferb thing how you want Candace to be able, just be able to bust her brothers and 
get them in trouble and all this stuff, but what what can you do? But either way, I I yeah I somewhat enjoyed the I enjoyed the special is what I'm trying to say. So it was just very unique, very interesting, just like the original show. It's it's one of a kind for sure. So if you like the original show and you were interested about checking out the special, the Netflix uh, special reboot thing, then by all means, go go check it out. It's probably for you, and I hope you enjoy it. But now, before I go on into any of my other stuff, I'm going to leave it here with a word from my sponsor. All right, and now we're back from all of that previous nonsense with video games and Invader Zim and all that stuff. And now it's time to get down to business to some of the albums that I've been wanting to talk about and really express my feelings and how I like some of these artists that I'm going to be talking about today. Uh, like when I said artists, like I can't really say bands because they're not bands. Uh, they're actually sol solo artists, um, mostly of the pop variety, which is very unique and very different for me because honestly I don't yeah I don't really listen to a whole lot of uh, external like pop music and especially pop albums or anything like that so it's very different for me to be talking about like these type of artists and it's it's pretty cool the fact that there are like pop artists these days that I actually don't mind. And the first one of those artists is none other than the Billie Eilish, the, you know, the My Seducer Dad type, I'm the Bad Guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, that song, that's Billie Eilish. Yes, um, I know some people don't really care for that song or care for her that much. But honestly, there's something about her uh, aura, her she's different she she is different uh i don't want to say like she's like super deep or anything because like yeah like she's as deep as you can be for what is she like 18 now uh she was 17 i think she's 18 now but for her for her age she's very good she's very talented and i recognize that talent and i i, I honestly find her music very good and Honestly, I didn't even really know who she was. It wasn't up until uh, the FBE, Fine Brothers Entertainment, they did a, I believe it was a Teens React to Billie Eilish. This was before her album uh, dropped this year came out, and she just had, like, I think a couple songs from that album released, uh, one of which being You Should See Me in a Crown and uh, uh, When the Party's Over. Those are those were the two big songs. I think I don't remember if there were any others that were part of that video, but those were the like the two big ones, along with like Ocean Eyes as well. Uh, but either way, those were uh, like the songs that were in uh, that the teens reacted to, and I watched the episode because I was like I heard I kind of heard the name before, but I didn't re really like know what to expect or if I was going to enjoy it or not and honestly like I can't say that I 
100% enjoyed what I heard at the time, but I was intrigued and I'm like, you know what? I'll follow her sometime down the road. I'm probably going to have some interest in checking more of her out, trying to get into some of that stuff, which I think thought would have been like really fun, very interesting. So that's exactly what I ended up doing. I don't know. It was like a few months later, I think probably after that. And I don't remember when that teens react episode dropped, but I want to say it was like spring 2018. I want to say, uh, which was right when like her hype was really starting to kick in. So it's, it's definitely very, and her music is very interesting. Uh, a lot of people ha have kind of like called her out and s said that they don't like her like whispery type of voice that she has, which I get, like I said, you, you may or may not like it, like her music. And a lot of other people are saying that she comes from like a like a family of like big producers and everything so like all her fame and everything is just because uh, of her family and everything that I forgot the term that they use for like those type of people and everything uh, that they were born into the fame in a way and everything so like they use kind of like already what their family already had to get themselves where they're at and be able to almost like easily buy their way in and and all that but honestly like that might be kind of the case but at the same time she is talented and i was just very intrigued especially when i started to really listen to uh you should see me in a in a crown along with uh some of the other later releases uh, which I believe the two, yeah, the two main other ones that I heard and I actually really enjoyed were Bury a Friend and Wish You Were Gay. So those were two, those two songs I actually start, started to fall in love with later on as well. Just, just before the album dropped, I believe it was back in February, February, February or March of this past of this year so either way the album's been out for a while was it or was it april either way it was like early to mid spring when the album dropped and when the album did drop i was very pleased it's honestly it's probably one of my favorites of the year so far there's a lot good that went into the production the production is great um honestly the opening track though it really isn't much of anything. It's just kind of like a goofy little intro to kind of like show off her personality a little, little bit. But I love the I love the song "Bad Guy." Let's let's face it, it it's pretty catchy. It it's at the same time like I understand why people might get annoyed with it, but at the same time, I I, I still love the song, and it's just a very unique, very interesting her style and everything. And when I first heard it, I honestly knew that it was going to be a, uh, uh, it was going to be a big pop radio hit. So, and along with a couple of others that I thought could 
like hit the like mainstream billboard charts and everything and be pretty big as well i have not heard too much of that the other stuff but i believe i heard um uh whatchamacallit play on the radio before uh, uh when the party's over i i believe i've heard that a couple times on the radio um mainly i think on my alternate my alternative rock station actually or alternative station uh i've actually heard that's that's where i st started he hearing her on the radio for the first time on the alternative station more than your pop top 40 stations but uh either way i was pleased to hear hear that she was actually getting the rec getting the full recognition that she deserves because she is a very talented young artist and many songs on the album along with uh songs like ilomo uh zanny um all the good girls go to hell and many more many more i there's a lot to love about them and especially on the song zanny that i honestly i'm still not like super hooked on the way that like vibrating like synth sound goes in and everything it, it's honestly it's intriguingly annoying and it's a little bothersome and it's weird on my ears a little bit i i'm still getting used to it like i i like the concept of the song and the rest of the song is fine but just that little part is just mm, it's kind of weird but i honestly think the, uh that the album actually has a lot more strengths towards the end actually where a lot of her songs are even like more mellow kind of like what she's been known for to begin with to be very mellow melodramatic singer and everything who has kind of like a it's she has a unique voice that like i've like i've said you're you're either going to be a fan of or you're not and just the way her voice works with the style and everything it works very well i believe the, the last two songs uh one last few songs are uh goodbyes i think is the one song i can't remember every single track name offhand but um but they are very good oh my oh i almost forgot the justin bieber remix that that's just point awful that should have never happened but uh yeah, listen before I go. I love you and goodbye. Goodbye is the last song, but those three songs are probably some of the strongest songs on the album, just in general. Plus, oh, even my strange addiction. That's a very, 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 very unique song. Uh, she's a big fan of The Office, and she sampled some clip, some audio clips from The Office within the her the song to begin with, which is just it's a very very unique but very great song and there's a lot that i love about the album she's like i said she's talented young artist and i can't wait to see where she goes with her music career i would definitely give this album a solid 9.5 out of 10 uh because it's not perfect but it's uh pretty close to being like almost perfect type of thing for especially for a debut album so after talking about that 
I'd like to talk about another artist that I've been kind of like diving my teeth into, especially even more within the past few months since her release of her latest album. And that is uh, an artist that not, I don't think a lot of people will know who she is. Uh, she's had a few uh, fair, fairly recognizable features, I guess, on other songs. Uh, one being with a new song by X Ambassadors. Um, I can't confidence i believe is the name of the song yeah confidence uh that song is unique i i do love her part and then uh she was featured i think she was featured in a mike shinoda song as well back on his post-traumatic album that came out just over a year ago and this artist's name is goes goes by the name kayfley and honestly she's very unique herself uh i don't I don't really know how to describe her. She's very, she is very unique. She has a little bit of like an alternative side to her, but at the same time, she's very, she has that poppiness of like regular like pop music and everything, but she does get into like some like hip hop tropes and kind of raps, kind of, but it's, her music is very unique and the way she does it with her voice and everything it's it is very unique and i don't remember what the first song was it was probably that one song uh that she was featured on with i like i said i believe it was mike shinoda on post-traumatic i don't remember which song that was honestly i haven't been coming back to post-traumatic all that much i thought i would come back to it more often than i have been but i just haven't which it's kind of sad because it, it's a good album. I just wish I would have. Okay. Yes. It, uh, make it up as I go. And honestly, when I heard that song, I was like, Kayfly, who is that? I didn't even know who she was. Uh, but I liked her feature on that song. And because just because of that feature, I wanted to check out more of her music. And I believe the first song that I heard was probably one of her biggest songs uh which uh blood in the cut i don't know if anybody anyone has heard heard that song before i believe it was in some video game like a madden game or something like that on the soundtrack it, it was on like a it was in a video game soundtrack uh at, at least that's what i was told by a friend who was who told me that he likes the song and that he heard it on that on a video game soundtrack so because of that that's kind of like how i know that a little bit but a parent but either way like that song is is a very unique song like i can't say it's one of my favorites but it's not a bad song by any means and just listening through her music just made me very interested in just checking keep checking more of her out and wanting to see where she was gonna go what she's gonna do and i got to a point where i'm like okay and then i started hearing some some of her new music come out with songs like uh what were some of the big ones from her new albums new her latest album uh solutions which actually came out back in Ju in july it was mid-july um i uh like sister i think was Gibber from the new album. Okay, the big songs that I heard were Bad Vibes, Let's Baby Don't Cry, 
and Sister. Those were the three big ones that I heard from the album prior to going in, and I, I'd say my favorite favorite of those three, uh, it's, it's a tie between this Baby Don't Cry and Sister. They're very unique, very interesting songs. And going into the album, like, Honestly, I didn't know what to expect because I wasn't like, still wasn't like super familiar with her, but I, her music is still growing on me. I'm still really getting into her music and everything, but I enjoy what she brings to the table. I enjoy her style. It really is unique. And like I said, just like the hip hop layer is a little bit of like alternative uh, music vibes and everything along with just like that regular like poppiness of like a pop artist in general who's very unique uh her album solutions is pretty solid from beginning to finish i especially love the opening track uh i thought it was a very unique track to open with i like myself most of the time and honestly that that song like has grown on me which is it's a very unique song like i'd say like her best songs on the album is like the first half leading up, up to like Nervous and Good News and well, the end of the album I'd say kind of falls off a little bit but it's not bad it's her third official studio album uh, so like she's she's been around a day or two but uh, she's she like I said she's a pretty good artist I'm enjoying what I'm hearing uh, and Honestly, if you haven't heard her music, then why not give her music a shot? Especially if you like that pop alternative type of uh, music that kind of like, kind of like Halsey, but not really like Halsey. Uh, I'd say between like Billie Eilish and Halsey, like there's a medium and that's where I think that K-Flay lays kind of. So that's my opinion on K-Flay. I'd say I'd give Solutions a solid 7.5, or at least a solid 7.5, maybe a light 8 on her new album. So, but I do enjoy K-Flay a lot, so why not, like I said, give her a shot. But next up, I have a hip-hop rapper that some of you may not have heard of. Actually, probably most of you probably haven't heard of, but it was... It was a close friend of mine who actually introduced to uh, me to this guy called Whit Lowry, who he's, I don't remember which, she played her favorite song by him, which is Kindest Regards, which was from her, his uh, mixtape Kindest Regards. And honestly is the only song that's on Spotify from that mixtape. I guess it was popular enough that they just kind of like, I think they just did a, an official studio version of it and because they did a studio version of it they released it as kind of like a single which was picked up on spotify which is probably why that's there and not the mixtape because they typically don't put mixtapes on spotify which i think is kind of an uh kind of annoying a little bit but at the same time i understand because i don't think that mixtapes are typically uh like big produced and everything they're more self-produced and self-released type of things but uh either way kind of regards was the first song i heard and i just remember listening to it and thinking it reminds me a little bit of eminem with that twist of like uh 
Tower Joseph from Twin Home Pilots with his sound and style as well. Uh, and I saw kind of like a connection in the middle and everything. And it re reminds me a little bit of like NF. Like his music is a lot more serious, talks more about like uh, more personal stuff and what he's going through and end results and all this stuff. He gets very personal, very deep with his music, kind of a lot like NF and uh, very and reminiscent of Eminem and his style as well. The only difference between Whit Lowry and NF is that Whit Lowry is not afraid to curse a little bit. He throws out some F-bombs. Uh, but at the same time, it's his way of just expressing, like, how he feels. It's, he's, like, he doesn't throw them out just to sound cool. He throws them out just to show how he feels. Unlike a lot of, like, the rap these days, it's, it's not very good. Let's face it, like, who are some of those weird rappers like Lil Pump, Lil Xan, all these Lil's and everything, just, bleh. Uh, six nine, ugh, awful. Just, just plain awful. Don't even get me started on six nine. But <laughs> either way, what Lowry? Yeah, he actually has substance in his music. And honestly, just he he just came out with a new album. Literally, literally dropped just on August thirtieth. And honestly, I think it's a really solid album. Like I can't say that. His other albums were bad, but they they definitely needed some imp improvements here and there. And honestly, some I, I see a lot of that improvement a lot on his new album, Never's Road. And it's a very unique album. And I, I, I quickly want to talk about some of those things that he just uh, didn't necessarily do as well as I felt on some of the older albums. I felt like his hooks were very limited, kind of, just, uh, like, his, his strong point is his verses, a lot kind of like NF, the verses are the strongest point, while the choruses lacked uh, substance a little bit, just weren't, weren't super hooky like a hook should be, and which made it hard to really want to keep listening to some of those songs but i still loved a lot of his older stuff uh and i love it when he just gets goes off on like his little rants and just spits for like a couple minutes straight and he i think he does a great job at what he does with larry and just in general from his past and past works uh would start out with uh, is of course his kindest regards mixtape leading into his uh, Dreaming Out Loud EP and with his last release I could not plan this it was all just it, it was fair it was all pretty solid but honestly I feel like his new album is very solid and like I said has improved on some of those accounts especially with the three main singles that he did release on from the album which were crash ghost and hurt uh hurt was the first one honestly it took a while for hurt to really grow on me i now i now kind of like understand have listened to it enough that i find 
and enjoyment in it and i like this song in general it it's it has like a gro bit of a softer groovy tune of sorts with a groovy beat of sorts and <clears throat> but when crash came out i honestly fell in love with the song same with ghost as well like i didn't come back to them all that much but with more repetitive listens throughout the album just it really reminds me of just how much i really love Whit lowry and his music and his all all his songs that he has on the album are very solid uh the only weakest point is the intro uh intro song titled welcome like it is kind of like an intro to the album it that song doesn't stand alone as like a, a single song very well, but like me do, he pr probably didn't have plans of like recording or not, not a bit of a, sorry, of not uh, like releasing it as a single is what I meant. But, uh, and also one thing about the new album is it was v produced very well. Uh, the production, uh, was just very well refined compared to some a lot of his older works it they definitely put more money into this album have like his label definitely has more confidence with him and he like i said he does a great job uh some of my favorite songs on the album consist of all of those singles that i already mentioned ghost and crash mainly along with other songs like Proud, um, Oxygen, that's a very good, just, like, very emotional song, along with, I love the title track, Never's Road, with how he, he closes the album with that song, uh, trying to remember some of the other songs offhand, like, they're in my head, but, mm. but I said Proud, um, what's the one I'm thinking of? Sorry, I'm just bringing up Spotify. That's that's where that's where I go when I can't re can't remember offhand. Oh yeah, debt. I really like debt. Um, yikes! That's a very uh, like spit worthy song, along with like I said, the song "Proud." Uh, yikes and "Proud" were pretty big standouts because. Uh, he literally just went off about just how he f he literally just goes off about like how he feels about all the different people that have like criticized him and all this stuff and there's just a lot in Reaper Omer where that's a very very emotional song there's a lot that's really good throughout the album and honestly I would have to probably end just talking about what Lowry just saying that I would definitely give the album a nice 8.5, uh, maybe a solid, maybe a light 9 out of 10 on Never's Road by Whit Lowry. The last artist I wanted to talk about, not, I wouldn't say that she's underrated by any means. By any means. Uh, maybe the new album is underrated a little bit, but I wouldn't say that she's underrated in ways i might say that she's a little overrated but uh everybody here has probably heard heard the name taylor swift before am i right i mean 
Of course I have. I mean, I remember little songs like You Belong With Me, uh, Back to December, uh, what's the one? Uh, Teardrops on My Guitar, All Love Story. You know those songs. You know all those classics. But after a lot of those songs, you went on the popular side with the albums like Red, 1989, and especially in a really weird direction that I did not care for and did not like on Reputation, which honestly was a bit of a letdown because honestly, I, I don't want to say I'm like a huge, super amazing fan of Taylor Swift, but I appreciate her work and I do enjoy a lot of her music. And honestly, I was expecting a lot better from Taylor Swift on Reputation. Just honestly, I felt it was just cringeworthy and very try hard and very forced album. Just like honestly, I get where she's kind of coming from with just how she was feeling and uh, just wanting to speak about like how she was feeling at the time and everything. But honestly, I felt like it was just a very cringeworthy time. But at the same time, some people might feel the same way about this new album especially with us with the first release from the album back in it was end of april with me featuring brendan yuri of Pan, from panic at the disco which pretty much is just brendan yuri at this point but either way uh honestly when that song was released there i don't want to say that there was a lot of hate for it but there wasn't as much love for the song as there was like very iffiness on the song and but from my perspective though I was a fan of it I I thought it was a fun enjoyable song whether or not it felt just kind of cheesy at times especially with the hey kids spelling is fun it's just kind of like I felt like that was a very cringeworthy line which Honestly, that's one thing I like about the album, though. She cut that part out in the album version of the song, but instead, and, but they still left it in the single version. But the album, but I'm glad that they kind of did that because, honestly, I don't want to say it made it better, but at the same time, like, let's face it, it kind of probably was better for that for them to cut it out especially now because you're gonna have a lot more serious listeners kind of like wanting to listen through the album especially like the big fans who were very cringy about that line to begin with but either way i felt like the song was fun uh brandon yuri he has a great voice and he definitely put uh a lot into the song as well to make it even more enjoyable than it all already would have been but either way this the song Me was good. The second song that we got was You Need to Calm Down back in June when I was still on vacation, actually, uh, to Grand Canyon, Arizona area. Uh, that was that that song dropped and I heard it at the time. I was just kind of like, OK, OK, OK. And the beat was very groovy. It was very interesting. And then the music video dropped. And honestly, like, I think the song works better with the music video. Uh, the song 
works fine on its own, but it I think it works better with a music video, especially since it was Pride Month, and and everything, and they she was uh, showing her support for uh, the Pride movement, LGBTQ, and all that type of stuff, which I thought was great. Uh, I loved seeing the bad vibe from Queer Eye in the video, along with a lot of other appearances. One of my favorites, though, Ryan Reynolds. Yes, he was in the video, if you haven't seen that, which, honestly, at this point, who hasn't? So, <laughs> But either way, I love that he just kind of like made that made an appearance in the video, along with a lot of other uh, pretty big, important names and faces as well. So, But uh, honestly, the video, I thought, worked very well with it. But the, don't get me wrong, the song is still enjoyable, and honestly, it's a bit of a jam. Uh, I know some people may have gotten annoyed with it by now. I still haven't. Honestly, it's it's pretty hard to really annoy me with a song unless it was already annoying to begin with. And there's only been a few songs that, like, I can officially say, like, annoy me. Uh, one of which being. Uh, Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen. Like, when I first heard it, I'm like, oh, this is annoyingly cheesy. And then there was a point where I actually had started growing me, but then it got old again and annoying again. So, like, honestly, if it if it's annoying to me from the start, I'm probably not going to really care for it or enjoy it. But honestly, being the fact that I liked it from the start, I find it hard to really get old and annoying over time because I have that opinion already of like how I feel and I don't and I try to not let it ruin my opinion over time kind of a little bit by uh, having it being too like repetitively played and everything. Uh, which is good because I have a wide variety of taste in music all over the place. But that's one thing. And then after You Need to Calm Down, we got The Archer, which honestly took a while to grow on me. It actually didn't grow on me until I started listening through the album more when the album dropped. But immediately after, we got one of the best songs on the album Lover itself, the title track, it's the title track Lover, and just that song in general is just beautiful. It's it's amazing. It's it's a wonderful song. There's a lot to love about the song Lover. No pun intended there. Love Lover. You know, you know, you know where I'm what I mean. But uh, Lover is really something else, especially the music video. Being that each room represents like uh, an era of her life, how she feels like uh, each album kind of like represents like an era of her, of like just how she feels and everything. She gets kind of like weirdly, oddly, kind of like fake deep with her videos a little bit. I, I don't like using the term fake deep, but at the same time, like because it's like important to her, but then other people look at it and be like, Oh, she's it's it's not as it's not deep enough or whatever. It's not meaningful enough. It's just kind of like, well, it's important to her and and all this type of stuff. So like 
I don't like using the term that often, but when I do, like, I, I get, I, I hope you guys know what, know what I mean when I say that. And then the album dropped. I listened through the album. What was my opinion overall of the album? It was fun. It was a, it was a fun, enjoyable album. There, there was a lot of moments that I really, really liked from the album, especially, uh, more towards like, I'd say the middle, uh, there was, there was a lot of good stuff in the beginning, but, and then the middle area was definitely like a nice calming, but very enjoyable, fun area of the album. And the ending wasn't too bad. It kind of, and it kind of was leading towards a weird end, but the final song daylight, which honestly I felt like was a fantastic closer to the album, uh, minus, uh, song prior to that one um i can't remember the name of that song offhand but uh either way that song was kind of weird it 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 was weird it was unique it's kind of growing on me in a weird way but uh it it's a very that was a very unique song to begin with uh it's nice to have a friend it's it's a very weird song it's it, it's a def, definitely a different song. It's kind of a weird weird transition song to lead into Daylight, but Daylight itself was a good song, and that was a very good closing note. But there are some of my favorite highlights from the album. Let's talk about some of those. Uh, my first big one, honestly, in my opinion, was that I forgot forgot that you existed. It's not a great opening song, but it's not a bad song by any means it's uh it kind of like uh shows off kind of like that spunk that little bit of a spunky edgier vibe that she had on reputation but in a more bubblegummy pop way which was which to me is more like her it's the type of her that i like versus that try and try hard edginess that she had on reputation and i forgot that you existed i felt like was a very unique song to start off with but it just it had a nice fun fun groovy tune to it which just made you want to have fun with it and following from that just leading into cruel summer i thought that was a pretty good pretty solid track uh with more listens to cruel summer i'm starting to really get into that uh Next song I wanted to talk about that I feel like is a pretty good highlight is The Archer. Now, The Archer, it took quite a few listens to really get into this song. It's a very different song, I'd say, for Ta Taylor. And she just... I'm trying to describe it a little bit of like just how I felt originally. I felt like it was kind of boring and lacked substance at first but at the same time like i was just kind of uh not really paying a whole lot of attention to the detail and the love that was put into the song and honestly with more lessons i just feel like it becomes more beautiful greater song with just every listen to begin with and 
I honestly love that about the song that it just keeps growing on me with more listens. I th I think the concept is very good, but it's it's definitely growing on me and just so, so many other songs I want to talk about as well. Uh, probably one of my favorite songs on the album, Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. Honestly, this feels, uh, when I first heard it, for some reason, my first thought was like the way it sounded and the way her vocals came across, it almost felt like, uh, like with the style and everything, it almost felt like blank space part two in terms of like how the vocals sound and like the music. It, for some reason, something about it just reminded me of blank space, which honestly is one of, probably one of my favorite songs of all time by her. But on it, but what Miss, what I like about Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince is just that musical vibe. That's probably what I, that's definitely what I like the most about the album. I haven't really like dived deep that much into like the lyrics throughout the album a whole lot. Like, unless it's like super like obvious that I've picked up already, which is on some songs like me, of course, you need to calm down. Um, plus I forgot that you existed a few others paper rings and stuff but uh on on this song like I haven't really like dove super deep into the lyrics and everything but there's but I just love the vibe that the song gives off and because of that it's it's a honestly a great song in my opinion and now the next song I wanted to talk about is probably one of the songs that well it, it it's it's a song i just mentioned paper rings honestly it's it's a very fun enjoyable track and definitely one worth checking out uh honestly it feels like a radio hit single honestly a lot of these songs feel like that they could easily be radio hit singles um like like i said before with cruel summer um, honestly, I could see I Think He Knows along with uh, maybe Miss Americana, Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. Probably not with such a long title like that, but the just the song itself, like the way it sounds, feels like it could be a radio hit. But Paper Rings is a huge one. Uh, and there's just a lot that I love about this song. Just how... Uh, uh, Fun and kind of like goofy it is uh it's it's a very good unique song and i honestly love that about this song just it's it's a fun song fun like why not just sit down and have a fun listen to a fun song but there and from paper rings uh to one of my other favorite songs which is see you get better which i'll talk about in just a second but like corn, I don't want to say that it gets the album gets boring per se, but uh, kind of lacks some of the quality between that point. Uh, I do like Death by a Thousand Cuts, so that's that's a pretty good song. It's kind of like right in between two just average Taylor Swift songs, Cornelia Street and London Boy. Uh, London Boy more so than Cornelia Street because there's enjoyment to have with Cornelia Street, but London Boy is just one that's just eh. 
it feels very weird it's a very weird song in my opinion it's not a bad song but it's not great either uh but uh it's just one of those weird songs but then we come into like the last the last like part of the album that i would say because i would break the album up from like i forgot that you existed to like i'd say probably the archer or i think he knows as like a solid uh segment of the album and then i would go pro uh, would i want to go to the archer yeah i would say to like the archer i think he knows it's probably like kind of like on the verge between like the first third that i would say to like the second third so i'll include i think he knows on like the first third but from Miss Americana to the Heartbreak Prince, all the way through, I'd say, soon you'll get better. Like, that's probably the weakest part of the album. Although, some of my favorite songs are within that segment. Uh, like I said, Miss Americana, the Heartbreak Prince, Paper Rings, and Soon You'll Get Better. And honestly, Soon You'll Get Better is beautifully well done song uh it's a very sad song though all about a uh, taylor swift uh her mother who had, can who had cancer and, and everything just uh pretty much saying that it's a message to her and it was a very very emotional track for her to re record a very powerful song uh but it's it's a beautifully well done song and i love the feature of the dixie chicks on the song uh, during the chorus with the harmonizing and everything throughout the chorus i think that's just beautifully well done and well captured it's it's a great song like i have a few friends uh, i told them that's probably my favorite song on the whole entire album and they're just like oh we can't listen to that song and i'm like why not it's it's a great song they're like but it's so sad i'm like just because it's so sad doesn't mean it's not a great song and they're just like oh it just makes us feel so sad and on uh, and everything that we just can't listen to it it's just kind of like well you can't expect every single song to uh be super happy and joyful and gleeful and everything uh, like songs like these kind of like show more of that uh uh that more real side of mm -hmm. people and everything and that they are people and have similar problems and everything and especially for like celebrities to do that and like music artists especially big name artists to even come out and talk about stuff like that it's not easy for them to do that to begin with but it they felt like it was something that they really wanted to share with people and for people to be able to connect with and this song i feel like is probably a pretty big song that people can could and can connect with which I feel like is important and because of that it's it should be recognized as probably one of Taylor Swift's best songs to date uh, especially with a lot of that like acoustic uh, country callback to her original style I really like that throughout the song and it's very it's a very sweet uh, sad but hopeful song and I really love the song like honestly i don't care what people say about me just and how i feel about that song coming from that uh 
didn't have too many other like big songs other than like I said Daylight which is the last track of that one False God's a pretty good song not a favorite song but it's a pretty good song but overall I like I said at the start I enjoyed Lover as an album it's a solid album and don't it's very enjoyable very fun and definitely an album that I'm gonna be coming back to which is weird because honestly I don't listen to a whole lot of pop albums actually from front to finish and actually say that I can actually enjoy the album uh, while this is one of the few and I'd say it's probably one of my favorite albums of the year as well right next to uh, Billy Irish's When We All Fall Asleep Where Do We Go uh, album <clears throat> but honestly and honestly, if I were to give the album a rating, I would definitely give Taylor Swift's Lover a solid 8 out of 10. Well, that's really all I have for you today. So thank you for listening. I hope you guys are enjoying my content. And if you are, then support me by following me on my Facebook page, the slash ogre slash man, or over on Twitter at Outcast092 to stay up to date with when I drop new episodes. And I will... Talk to you later. Goodbye.